0: and welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. Nice Things?
1: The antidote to modern living. And joining me this week, Sir Michael Livesley, we have... Oh, you've got a, you've got a very sentimental Paul Carmichael, bizarrely uh, dear. Oh, uh, yes. you, you'll yeah. find me in reflective mode. Yeah, I am. I'm in reflective mode today. But, uh, yeah, well... Um... Yes, I am. I'm in very reflective mode, but we'll talk about that later when we talk about nice things that we've obtained, shall we? Don't okay. You? Reflective, the word, reflective.
0: reminds me of bicycles in school. You know, when you were like, uh, when you were
1: poor like me, it was like, do you remember mm. doing your cycling proficiency test? I did. We used to have a wonderful chap um, around here uh, who was just known as Mr. Bike It, uh, who could teach any kid to cycle. And he taught my eldest to cycle. Um, and then he died. And Ah. it's a very strange thing because all the kids up to my uh, eldest son's age can all ride bikes. And none of the younger ones can. He was so bloody good and everybody relied on him. Um, So my youngest can't ride a bike um, and has no interest in doing some pathetic things. Um, But yeah, I did my... Cycling proficiency tests, and I was particularly awful. I was dreadful. Of that. I
0: can't remember. I remember there being cones in the playground, and for some reason, a man who looked like Shaw Taylor came uh, mm. and taught us. But then he would, he would, wouldn't he? You know, but we had. Um, I don't know about where you uh, grew up because, well, where you grew up in Liverpool, it's quite synonymous with bicycles, the old Picton Road, isn't it? But I mean, it absolutely is, yeah. Um, where I grew up, we had one. We had a shop called Dingsdale's, the bicycle shop. But it was yeah. the shop that sold everything. It stunk of paraffin. Do you know what I mean? And it, it was like, no matter what you want, he'd go into the bowels oh. at the back of the place and he'd emerge with it. And there used to be an old boy in there and his dad in like a brown... You know those shopkeepers' jackets. Mm. He'd had a bra- And, You know, if you if you follow your bottom, uh, not your bottom, but if you follow the bottom episode when they have the shop, he has to put his jacket on the wrong way around because they don't have two brown coats. Oh no, that's right. Coat. Yes. Anyway, yeah. I'm I'm going off here already. But yeah. Um, so dad had a brown coat, and uh, I don't think he had young Ding, Dingsdale, Dingsdale, Dingsdale. But um, but it was the shop that stunk of paraffin and pneumatic tyres, and you could get anything in there. And so as a consequence, that smell of paraffin, Christmas instantly, because mm. that's where yeah. you went at Christmas, and they had faded adverts in the window for Rolf Harris's stylophone oh,
1: well I don't know if that's a good thing now, oh, well it was yeah. in
0: 1978 yeah. dear, oh then and, it would have
1: been yes. but I mean where you grew up pick, mm. is it Picton Cycles, is that still Picton there? Cycles, absolutely, I got my grifter from uh, Picton ah. Cycles oh yes, I got my grifter from there Colour? I didn't want a BMX common. Uh red. Red too? Was red it the one grifter. with the long mudguard that went round? Long mudguard and a lovely sort of cushioned bit yes. um uh, mark between two? the handlebars. We both mark had a two. red mark
0: too. Well, we well, well.
1: There we are. Oh you been... see, we've got more in common than we ever thought. Paul. There you go. And I, I remember I got very good at doing I suppose it's the equivalent on a bike of sort of handbrake turns and sort of like being able mm. to do skids. Um but I, I do particularly remember one day on my grifter in the school playground, um, trying to do wheelies to impress Suzanne Cliff, um, which uh, which had uh, worked, to be fair, eventually. But what probably impressed her less was uh, when I was going around and sort of showing my prowess. In front of me was my mate, Ben, on whatever bike he had. He didn't have a grifter. Um, and then all of a sudden, he, was, he wasn't too far ahead of me. He just put his brakes on out of nowhere. So I thought, oh, shit. So I... Squozed the brakes, but I squoze the, uh, the front wheel brake. So the front wheel locked. The back wheel came over the top of yeah. my head. The whole bike flipped. And I ended up on my back holding the bike on top of me like that. Yes. Winded. The whole yes. bike sort of like crushing into me. Um, lying there. And all I can remember is looking at Suzanne Cliff and going, I meant to do that. I meant to. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you we recall... Went we went out oh. for a total of six weeks, though. Oh, hey, I there. tell you
0: what, all the girls yeah, fourteen—that was a
1: lifetime. That was all that God, nice. six
0: weeks when you were fourteen. Yeah, you mm. would have been a stud in school oh, yeah. oh, with yes. that, with that kind of cachet. Do you oh, remember though, good. the grifter had a little stump of metal which came down from the lower crossbar, so you couldn't turn the handlebars, spin them quite round. It would stop it. Yeah, and it used to dinge that little sort of chrome bit at the top of the forks, the sort That's of right. inverted semicircle thing. Oh, yes. I was gutted. I was gutted when Mark Shields dinged my semicircle, let me tell oh, you. I God. never borrowed anyone my bike. Now, my bike, because we were poor alike, I know. Really. So, so my bike came from Great Universal Catalogue, and it was £104.99, I remember. And my mum paid for it over 52 weeks. Mm. And it came over the Christmas of, I think I've told this, 81 or 82. When was Canine and Company? 81. 81.
1: Right. 81.
0: It came over that Christmas, right? Um, and I had to push it round in the front room with no pedals on because I wasn't allowed out because it was
1: icy. Yeah. Um.
0: But, God, I, I tell you, I
1: would, and I, I'm sure we both would, be here all day with grifter tails. Oh, we would. Would well, you know what the worst thing uh, about my grifter was? And it was a similar icy incident, was... um. We uh, it got put in the garage um, over over the winter, and then I went out there when you know the snowdrops were shooting up, and it's all springtime ah, and useful. it's ready to get on my bike. And like unfortunately, now. like now, but unfortunately, uh, it turned out there had been a nest of rats in uh, the garage, and they'd eaten the seat.
0: Oh no, and you, was, could replace, you could not buy a replacement, you could not buy a seat. that I remember other oh, because they, they used to crack, didn't they, as well? They did. Of course, did. mine didn't, um, yeah. but they used to crack, and they had a reflector bolted onto them, didn't they? And they I remember did. people having replacement seats, you could not buy an official one, and if you wanted to buy the stickers, right, and, mm. you know, I mean, mine was immaculate. Paul I, mm. I'd love to know why I don't have it anymore but anyway mother made me get rid of it I'm sure but mm. you couldn't buy you could buy rally grifter stickers right and you could mm. buy them in the blue the yellow and the red right for all the different models but mm. they were smaller than the ones they shipped the bikes with yes. they were bastards I tell you yeah. this was shopping old style you could just get the smaller um stickers
1: so the mm. rats at your seat The rats at my seat, they did. Um, I I do particularly remember that because I opened the door of the garage and I clocked the seat and I thought, oh, bollocks, what's happened here? And I went over and I grabbed the bike and I moved the bike forward a little and suddenly God knows how many rats scampered past me but we had this great big tomcat, uh, big ginger tomcat, hey, right, in he goes. Called, oh, called Genghis. Um, and Genghis just saw them, and went ooh, ooh, ooh. one, two, three, <laughs> dead, brilliant. And then he gets them by the tails and he ran under me dad's van. And it just sounded like he was eating crisps. And he just sat under there, all three of them <laughs> dead. <now>. Good lad. <laughs> That's the stuff. I was furious about that.
0: Oh. Um, have you seen that picture of the? Um the Victorian ratter bloke. Proper sort of Victorian hat on him. You know, that sort of Watts, Dr. Watson hat. That yes. He's not quite a bold. And he's like dead proud with a big tash.
1: Yeah, and, he's and got it, like, hasn't he got loads of them? He's, loads got, of de- he's got loads of
0: dead rats hanging around him, but he's, he's sort <laughs> of gang, his crew. <laughs> he's got a Jack Russell with one eye, a bloody, <laughs> a bloody big cat... Mm. <laughs> right, because you only think of as rat as you only think of the Jack Russell, don't our dogs mm. in general, terriers, like, but he's got this great big cat, fat as fuck, right, and a fox, and they're there, <laughs> there is gang yes
1: yeah oh and it yeah. looks for all the world like this must be something staged no that's a no real no no
0: no he was celebrating he was like the the big in like whatever county it was he was like mm. famous this bloke but I, I mean we should dig that
1: photo out and put it on the we should the, i've the, not seen that for a while Twitter. absolutely wonderful now it's you just see the fa- they look as proud as him absolutely now you see if, if that was what peaky blinders was <laughs> about i'd watch it that would be good, if it was about that a ratter. That would be a brilliant series, If yeah, it was about, about a, a ratter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd watch that. A ratter with a knocker-upper. I'd watch that series. All right, I'm having that. Yeah, okay. I'd watch that as well. I'd actually I'd actually watch a series just called Ratter. See, that's what we need. We need ratter. Yeah, there we are. Sunday night. Ratter, it can follow Hippo's Campus. We go straight from Hippo's Campus into ratter. There into we are. Ratter.
0: I mean, ratter, be- Bernard Cribbins, potentially.
1: I think so, as Bernard Ratter. Cribbins. The yeah.
0: mustachioed Bernard, late seventies, early eighties.
1: That's the one. Where yeah. Where he's got
0: those nice sort of salt and pepper curls.
1: That's it. And he had he had sideburns, didn't he? If you put him in a sort of you know a neckerchief. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and a waistcoat. That, oh. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, I can I'll, see I'll, it I'll, now. I'll, I'll, I'll take a series of
0: thirteen, please. Fresh from playing Coffee in Shillingbury Tales, and there was yes. a spin-off called Coffee as well, wasn't there? I've there never was, seen that. Apparently, well, I've it's not seen very the Shillingbury
1: good. Tales, so I must I must rectify that. I know. Right. Well, we won't talk about that then, will we?
0: So, did you manage to watch nineteen ninety? And, and God, sorry, the Grifter is a very nice thing. Let's finish with that. Bit. Yes. We've not said it's a nice thing. However, did you know that your childhood was an as a, at an end when the Grifter XL came out? No, Do you not go remember on. the Grifter XL? It was a hybrid of BMX and Grifter. Oh no. Do you remember that nice sort of like... It looked like the middle of uh, the Ford console steering wheel on the Sweeney that went across the middle of the handlebars of the Grifter. Mm. Of course, mine was blemish-free. But you remember that lovely moulded foam that went in the middle? Yes, absolutely.
1: You could press your finger into it and then it would would be perfect a second later. Yes,
0: rough boys used to use pen knives on them. Um, Well, the Grifter XL had precisely the same body as the Grifter, however... Mm where that lovely bit of sort of Sweeney foam was Mm. they'd put one of those, do you remember those pads with press studs and foam inside the BMX's had? Oh yes put one of them there no, it had them five spoke chrome uh, alloy BMX wheels on it, it had a pad on the crossbar, it was a grifter Mm. but they were silver and they were funky, you know Mm. how they did Yes, I know, dear. So no, that was the end like of Childhood. That no. and Whizbit yeah. starting. It was just like, right, this is it now.
1: Whizbit, Paul Daniels.
0: Whizbit and He-Man and the Master of the Universe, for me, signalled the end of BBC children's television as I knew it. It, it. it was kind of, no, Paul Daniels belongs on a Saturday night, right? Yes. He lives there, right? Don't, yes. don't queer me up by bringing him into into my realm. Right, mm. he lives there, and American cartoons uh, for Saturday morning before Mike Reed and the Superstar. You, you, I, I used to like Battle of the Planets. I, I quite like Battle of the well, Planets. Well, no, it was Japanese, I, I, wasn't it? Actually,
1: yeah, I, I think I fancied the female in Battle of the Planets. All of them, dear, but I vaguely mean, vaguely remember ladies. Um, yeah, but mm. but He Man was shit because it was so American
0: because there was toys in the shop yes and it was like the, oh no it's the bbc don't flog hasbro cheap plastic shit
1: right no otherwise no, i, I refuse like to that. pay my fee absolutely no i didn't like he-man at all when that started I thought absolutely oh, Mattel, not i don't like that um and i had a friend called duncan who had all the toys and he's oh look at battle cat no, no don't want to no fuck off well that was another
0: one thundercats so the BBC started... Oh, you like
1: Thundercats, do you? Ooh, there's a sneaky... Well, there's a, there's a slight thing here with... Um, and I think we should talk about it until it turns out it's only me, and then we'll drop it and you can edit this bit out. Okay. There is a slight thing, isn't there, we with, um, as a child, the, the erotic fixation with female cartoon characters. Yes. Whew. <laughs> Thank of you. course there is. Okay.
0: Oh, thank God for that! Okay. Well, it's it's like, you know, they are perfect, aren't they? They are. Do you know what I mean? Perfect. They're idealized women.
1: So when you got to Thundercats, what was it? Was it Chitara, the female one? She was. Didn't she know, looked yeah. a bit like Sally Nivet in those first two series of Blake Seven. You I see, because you're a couple
0: of years older than me, I, I'd started. I'd I'd um, graduated to the real
1: thing by then. I think. Mm. Because when was Thundercats? About eighty five. Did you saw a jury
0: when you come off your grifter? Well, you absolutely had. Susan I mean, Suzanne Cliff was involved. Cliff, little,
1: yes, yes. She's not watching, dear. I had to. I had to. My brother had a bed city, and I. Right. Yeah, he made me pay him so I could sit on it with Suzanne Cliff. He actually charged me for the privilege. Well, but I think
0: that's. A, and another thing you couldn't buy was it. official grifter tires. Hmm. Mm. You know, with the hexagons on them. Yeah, you couldn't buy them. No, you couldn't. Couldn't buy anything no. official. However, you could buy official merchandise for a BBC show, and I did not approve of Mattel. You know what I mean? No, I Being didn't, because
1: that. that confused me, because of course the adverts were on ITV. Right. So See, I was. You hear me?
0: So for me, that was it. They did started. It had a corrosive quality.
1: Mm. Really, but well, what about Wisbit then? Because I mean, I saw that it was coming on. I remember there was a photograph of all this year. You know, they they took um, they, they I think they took the stars that were <coughs> on the new season on BBC One. I think they took them onto Shepherd's Bush Common and did a Common. photo shoot. Very, um, and I remember that Peter Davison was there along with uh, Mike Yarwood, um, a woman can't remember who might have been Koo Stark or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And also Paul Daniels. And then there was an article in John Craven's back pages in the uh, Radio Times about this new series. So having been brought up with Paul Daniels, as you say, in his rightful place of an evening, I thought, well, maybe there's going to be some sort of magic element. No. No. You've got this shitty triangle... Yes. Which is just Paul Daniels talking through a vocoder, trying to do an American yes. accent, and yes. a giant rabbit that, from what I could gather, did it have educational needs? Should we say? It looked Unsure. Standard.
0: I'm getting the I mean? opi- I'm getting the memory flooding back now. Wasn't it one of those shows that he wrote the music, wrote the show, wrote everything? And and the theme music, if you remember, is him. Ha ha sort- this away, ha ha that away, ha but ha this away. Raps. My oh my! Yeah, but he's rapping. Like- That's it. Awful. Tell you what, though, he's an interesting man. I remember there was a documentary on him because he went through a kind of Frankie Howard-style renaissance, didn't he? About ten years ago, he probably did one of Mm. these uh, in the jungle programs, didn't he? What like they all do, and they sort of have a resurgence. But his his house, where he bought his house, had flooded twice, so he couldn't get insurance anymore. So he Mm. developed this hydraulic system which lifted the house. You know, when it flood, he was a bright man, you know. I mean, oh, that's wonderful. all those tricks and all those sort of clever, you know, uh, props and sets and stuff for his show, his hmm. brother made them, but he designed them all. He's, he's, all qu- right. he's like an engineer's brain. I don't know if he was an engineer.
1: Yeah. But well, of course, one of the most brilliant pieces was uh, the disappearing TV camera. Do you remember that trick? No. It's, it's on YouTube, you'll find it, where they took one of those lovely old EMI 2001s and they uh, they wheel it into a massive wooden crate, complete with camera operator, and so they're showing you the picture from the camera, and, and it is a live feed. You can see it's I do remember feed. this now. They take it in there, and then they seal it up, and they close it off, and then he does something, and the box falls apart, and the camera's not there, and as the box falls apart, the feed goes dead. And I can't for the life of me fathom this one out And the annoying thing is There are gentlemen who are on the wonderful forum The Mausoleum Club Oh, is that still going? That's still going And there are chaps on there who were in studio that day And they won't tell you And they know how it was done And they will not give it away to this day Which I kind of like whilst also being terribly irritated He was actually a lot better than he's given credit
0: for Oh, yeah. He really was, you know. I used to like that American hippie fella who used to smoke fags and blow bubbles he used to have on. Yes. Doug Hemmings or something. Something
1: like that. Yeah, he was good. He, he, was good. he looked like um, one of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, didn't he? He did. I remember being genuinely freaked out because there was a there was a Halloween edition of Paul Daniels' mm. magic show. There was. Um, which they were saying was live. Now, I don't know if it was or not, but it ended with a trick in which he was put into a a guillotine. And he was being very serious to camera and saying, and of course it's balls, but he was saying, we did this in rehearsal and it worked once and the second time we had some problems with it. We're going to go with the trick. So uh, hopefully nothing will go wrong here. We should all be all right. And a little curtain or something goes up and they let the blade down. (laughs) Silence. And then you see a floor manager walk on and then just turn like that, picture goes. Yeah. BBC One Globe comes on. Then there's a trail for the next programme. Then the continuity announcer's on saying, well, uh, we had to leave Paul Daniel's magic show um, a little early there, but uh, well, let's not worry. And then they move on to the next programme. I'm shitting myself. Yeah. I would have been about seven, terrified, really upset. And it went on to whatever was next Juliet Bravo, whatever. And the buggers waited until the end of Juliet Bravo, and suddenly you've got it cuts from the closing titles to the outside of a stately home, and Daniels looks over his shoulder and goes, "Of course I'm all right. It was just a trick." <laughs> <laughs> I was Brilliant. absolutely, I totally believed it. It was Brilliant. a wonderful, wonderful. I completely believe that one. Oh, I do
0: remember, I-, I do remember like bits of that, but mm. I'm thinking, I don't know why, but in the middle of you saying that, because you're on about is him sort of being laid down with his head in summer immediately I think of his wig and you know how much Mm. bloody uh, evil stick they used that day to keep it on Oh so much,
1: so much it would have been for that
0: wouldn't it Him taking his
1: wig off was I think it it was the death knell for his show wasn't it I think so, that show was one of those that a bit like um, we'll 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 tell the boys and girls later we were on another podcast that's not out yet, we recorded this week and we were talking about um By telling you that, I've completely forgotten what I was about to say. Wigs that resemble comb-overs, why bother? That's it, we were talking about that, weren't we? Um, And certainly I think that with, with the whole wig thing, it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, we all know of several actors, of course, who would insist on keeping their wig on and the fake wig going over and, uh,
0: the top. Yeah, the bald cap going on and then the wig. Frankie Howard's won. Terry, yeah, no, I'm not going to, yeah, we'll name drop bollocks to it. Uh, so Gilliam told me that Harry H. Corbett and Jabberwocky made him put the bald wig on and then the other wig on top.
1: Oh, that's, that's amazing, Crazy. isn't it? The, the strange but there was another guy, wasn't
0: there another one you were talking
1: about did that? Uh, well, there was Anthony Anerley. Anthony Ainley! Anthony Ainley! <laughs> Peter insist? Wingard did it,
0: didn't he? In, uh, Wingard
1: absolutely did it, yeah.
0: Uh, it wasn't the Caves of Androzani, was it? It was Planet of Fire. Planet of. Thank you. I always get. You see, I'd started to. No, actually, I was going to say. I wasn't going to talk about it, but we've, we're in. We're in, we're aren't in. we? We're in, we're in. We're uh, in. Doctor mm. Who reference. Mm. But we've done well. I mean, we're around about the 20 minute mark. So, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I think when they changed the logo on Doctor Who magazine is when I started getting a bit sort of spotty over my Doctor Who continuity in 1983. Mm. You see, I've noticed a pattern
1: here. When things change, I start to lose interest, don't I? You do, rather. Yeah, but I understand mm. that. I do understand that. Um, I remember I remember being most perturbed when they dropped the, um, the Mike Oldfield version of, of the Blue Peter theme. When they got rid of yeah. that, I would have been about 11, and it was replaced by something played on a keyboard. Um, and for me, just something about the show died. <laughs> the moment they did that, it just sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm not as interested in that anymore.
0: I remember and that. Didn't I, I don't Paul know McCartney
1: why. do a version of it? No, Paul no. McCartney did a version of the Crossroads theme. That yeah, that was it. They used it a lot. Uh, uh, they used it an awful lot, in fact. Whenever there was something emotional, instead of the usual Tony Hatch version, you go to this... Frankly, bloody awful. Paul McCartney. Oh, it's terrible. I it's seem sort of... to remember a feature on the news about it. I think it may well have been, yeah. there could well have been. Um, but they used that for the best part of a decade. Um, but frankly, it's it's god-awful. It's on uh, the album Venus and Mars. What, he it's actually on... put it out on an album? It's on a Wings album. It's on Venus and Mars, Jeez, yeah. Jeez, I didn't know that. Oh, I used yes, to have absolutely. all the Wings
0: albums as well. They Ooh. went when I'm left a flat and didn't pay any rent
1: for anything
0: mm. yeah. uh, so <laughs> in a long meandering way 1990, 1990 1990 1990 so for the boys and girls at home 1990 was a 1978 77 78 77 and 78 bbc tv series starring edward woodward so um good as uh well a kind of reporter in a mm. dystopia that was set six in six years hence from mm. george orwell's 1984 which uh, no right. pressure then boys crack on who's the guy the wonderful bald guy with the mustache in it of the ministry's
1: a wonderfully chocolatey actor now that's robert lang um yes it oh, is oh he's god wondering. i love his voice oh i love his voice Um, he's he's in an episode of the New Avengers: Return of the Cybernauts, uh, playing a burns victim, so he wears this sort of um, plastic uh, mask. So you needed an actor with a voice that could mm. really carry the drama. And my God, Robert Lang can do that. His voice—it's like it's like he's eaten a tobacco factory. Yeah, voice. it's yeah. beautiful. His voice—he's um, actually a-, a wonderful actor as well. Is he? he's so precise and delicate. He's absolutely brilliant. And in 1990, he's, he's the vulnerability that he shows is yeah. absolutely stunning. Um, I I adore anything that I see with Robert Langan. Um yeah. And I'm just going to check one thing here, because I can't remember. He was married to Anne Bell. Now, Anne Bell was the female lead in Tenko. Uh, playing. As, parody, as he got him. a son who's
0: an actor now, because there's a lad with ginger hair, looks very much like him. Uh, a lad, he's about forty odd. Uh, mm. In the in the um, that series, Humans, which you won't have watched,
1: which I liked very much, uh, mm. Channel Four series about no. <coughs> um, androids. Well, there's nothing. Oh, hang on. There's a there's a. I am having a Google. I must admit. Good man. Um, no, no. It just says here that it, two children. Doesn't say who they were. And normally, right, well, it it's it one of note. Are you on uh, wiki? Be something. I am, yeah. Yeah, it would. Um, it would. Yeah, But uh, no, uh, 1990, like you said, it's a stunning uh, piece of television. Um, whenever we get these wonderful pieces of dystopian television, what I love about them is they don't do what we do now. So say, for example, um, somebody told me to watch something on Netflix. Now, the warning signals were there from the off, um, called The Man in the High Castle, which is all about, Nazi Germany won the war, blah de blah de blah.
0: Is it an, is it based on an is it Isaac, Isaac Asimov, the, the small book there's a
1: small book it's based upon. Right, it's a small book expanded into six thousand episodes of Oh
0: television. It, it's on about series six, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and the trouble with that is that they insist on showing you everything and they think, let's show minute detail, and people are like that, and I don't. So what I like with um say I'm just for example Googling I, it dear. That's all right. So with 1990. Philip K. Dick. The other one. That's it. With 1990, though, they don't give you all that. They basically say, this happened. This is where we are. They don't give you loads. You've got to work it out for yourself. And I like TV programs like that because they treat you as an audience member with a small amount of intelligence. So another brilliant example is the Sandbaggers. Which is, mm, I that adore is that series. Fuck, man, you can just lie back in that series. You can. The Sandbaggers. It's, uh, the New York Times refers to it as uh, the best goddamn spy series ever made. Wow. And I agree with that. Is um, it an, isn't it a Greater X one, that? No. Now, you know, who... the guy? I thought well, it was for I... Greater X. No, I can tell you who that is, though, and it's uh, strange that we should mention him. I've got the book here somewhere. Oh, it's well, propping he did the, the computer, XYY man
0: first, didn't he, with the same character?
1: Well, what you've got is a writer called Ian McIntosh. Now right. then, Macintosh is fascinating. McIntosh um, starts with uh, script editing duties on things like warship and things like that. And he always does these military things, and it's because he had a military background. And then he came to develop the Sandbaggers, and the Sandbaggers was scurrily accurate. The Sandbaggers is set within... Um, MI6. Oh, and it's Roy
0: Marsden, isn't it? It's, it's the Roy main Marsden. man. Ah, I'm That's getting it, it mixed up with the XYY man.
1: Yeah, it's Roy Marsden wearing a wig, it must be said again. Really? Um, but a relatively convincing one. Well, it's not one with a comb over, it's absolutely not. No, um, but um, the, the whole thing with the sandbaggers is that it was very accurate, and apparently it made the government a little bit twitchy because right. of how accurate it was. <clears throat> Turns out that Macintosh had in fact been involved in the service. Right. And was using his inside information to present something which is, therefore, the best goddamn spy series ever made, New York Times. Um, But what it does is it treats you as an audience member with intelligence. So straight away, they're using acronyms. And they don't explain. Now, if this was a modern day programme, you'd have a brand new person joining the department and someone would show them round so they could say all these things, out, you know, in yeah. full. So that you didn't just have someone going, C-OPS. and you, hmm? yeah. C-OPS, what yeah, the hell yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have all that explained. And you don't in the sandbaggers. They use those acronyms and it's basically, you catch up with us, we're running now, you catch up. And I appreciate that. I really love that. But yeah. Macintosh is fascinating. Because he did three series of The Sandbaggers. <coughs> and the third and final series ends on a hell of a cliffhanger. I shan't say what it is, because I, I would suggest everybody watches this series. It ends on a brilliant cliffhanger, um, and it would have gone to series four. What then happens is that Macintosh and his lady friend and a chum decide to get into a little aeroplane and go for a flight. And somewhere off Nova Scotia, the plane vanishes. Vanishes. Mm. There is never any wreckage found, though they scoured the area. I think I smell a conspiracy here, dear boy. Well, uh, there's a wonderful book I would recommend (laughs) called uh, The Life and Death of Ian McIntosh, which is brilliant, because it's part production journal of the sandbaggers and part Ian McIntosh's story. And Ian McIntosh's brother... Um, absolutely swears that Macintosh wasn't dead, and he said he received postcards. Wow. Every couple of years he would receive a postcard um, that was written with enough information for him to go, that's Ian, he's still alive. Well, the thing is, if
0: he was in the service, mm. then I mean,
1: it's a potentiality, isn't it, that That he was still in the service. Well, the theories are he may have still been in the service and needed to just quietly slip away. Mm. The other theories are that he gave too much away and had to be done away. Mhm and there is another theory because uh, he had of course a fascination with um uh, the politics of Russia at the time that he may oh. have slipped through the iron curtain well i tell you what that's
0: a that's a a very nice little uh, a very nice thing it's a nice uh, little cul-de-sac we've turned off the main Isn't chat it? there i i like Isn't that it? But it's That's a very fabulous series. But 1990, then. Yeah. So, well, um, I, just to clear that up, I was getting mixed up with Strangers and the XYY Man. Oh, yeah. As yeah, opposed yeah. to the Sandbaggers. That's okay. yeah. 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 And and was the XYY Man greater X or is that in my head? That's in your head, I think. Right.
1: Okay. I think sound.
0: So 1990, yeah. well, back when television gave its audience a credit
1: for intelligence. Absolutely, it does, and and it's Woodward, and he's just. Too good, isn't is it? Is this Callan in 1990? Basically, yes. It is. So, so, it, so it it is. the
0: Equaliser isn't Callan in America? No. But no. this is Callan in 1990?
1: Correct. Absolutely. Okay, right. It's absolutely. Just so uncertain the Equaliser rules... is not part of the same universe in the same way it doesn't... In, it just doesn't. Does it live in the same universe as Jaws? The Equaliser, yeah. yes. Absolutely. Okay. I can All imagine right. that he would have investigated Jaws 5, frankly, which which would have been... Oh, would that have been better? Well, I don't know, now I'm confused by my own fiction.
0: Let's go back to 1990. 1990,
1: that's safer. So, um, yeah, 1990 is basically set with the idea of a totalitarian government in Britain. And you watch it and you go, that's 2022, Mm. a lot of this. There is very little there that hasn't happened very recently, which is kind of scary. Um, Isn't there a gorgeous red-headed lady in, in it? who's in the government as well now there are there are two ladies in there um one of the ladies dear yeah one of the ladies is Barbara Kellerman who yes uh, isn't and she's not in series two because <clears throat> she went off to film Quatermass for ITV yes uh, so she's replaced in uh, series two by someone else whose name I can't remember but also in series two and this I love. So in series one, the uh, Home Secretary is played <laughs> by Fred <coughs> Elliott from Coronation Street. John Savident. That's it. And at the end of series one, he's deposed. And in series two, we get a female Home Secretary. And I'm watching this actress in the first episode she's in, and I'm thinking, there's something, I know this woman, and I, I, I didn't let myself Google, Thought I'm going to make myself work it out or wait for the credits. And I yeah. couldn't work it out. And it came to the credits, and there she is, Yvonne Mitchell. Ring any bells? Yeah. Yvonne Mitchell from. Yvonne Mitchell is the female lead in the live Rudolph Cartier 1984. Right. Yeah. She's the love interest there. And there she is. Six 20, years later. It, oh, yes. <laughs> or 27 years later Yeah. in 1990. And I'm watching her and I'm thinking, good God, that's a hell of a career. What else did she do? and it turns out nothing because that's 1990s her final job she died about right. 6 months afterwards um and pre- and she looks a little bit peaky during yeah. these episodes i've got to say um but it's a superb superb series i absolutely love it but then of course as we know as you know dear um i mean i've i i hate people who binge however mm. i binged and i got through 15 of the 16 episodes very morish Oh, it is. And then I got to episode 16, and halfway through, the picture freezes and the video stops playing. So and uh,
0: at what point did the
1: episode freeze? It froze <clears throat> at the moment when um, Woodward... I mean, the final episode, it's like, bollocks, we're going to overthrow the PCD, the public control uh, department, and it ends as Woodward walks in to a room full of these young conspirators and Tony Doyle, superb actress, uh, father of the lovely Susanna Doyle, turns round with a machine gun and points it at Woodward, and Woodward goes... Freezes! Furious. So I I can't thank you enough for supplying me with it. So So have you watched it now? I've watched it. And you know what? It does that lovely thing. Don't tell the audience the ending, though. I shan't, but you know what? It does that lovely thing that TV at the Times uh, does. They can't afford to show it, so they find other ways of explaining what happened. But it's totally convincing, and the way that they do it is there are sound effects in the distance, and there's a scene that lasts about five minutes that's just a two-hander between Woodward and this replacement lady uh, actors acting. It's actors acting. Yeah. And it is so satisfying as a conclusion because of that. Well this is what we were on about with the on the
0: Goon pod the other night about how, you know, um the wobbly sets and all the other sort of constraints of those productions Mm. meant the actors worked harder and that's why they're so bloody enjoyable those shows. It's because you you've got that genuine communication
1: absolutely you you've got the communication that's there because it's a scene that is shot stop start, start to end they don't shoot it like it's a film yeah that's cheating sorry it's cheating they do that whole scene start to finish with the camera's working their asses off getting the shots someone vision mixing so it is actors acting but more importantly it is actors reacting it's actors listening and reacting and Again, I think that's a skill we're starting to lose.
0: Well, that's why we are making a film. Yes. In <laughs> can we do it live? No. Well, it it, it won't be far off I'm telling no, you with our won't. budget of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um right, when are we doing it? We're doing it in a fortnight, yeah, we're filming Ooh. that. With the we wonderful
1: are. Ethna Brown. Ethna Brown's gonna be a lovely
0: little piece It's gonna like be a lovely little short film, that. Yeah. Um yes. One thing that uh, as a coder to us discussing Sherlock Holmes the other week. Mm. was one thing we didn't mention was that in uh, his final bow, <laughs> the last volume of collected stories that um, Conan Doyle, that's the man's name, did. Sleepy. Very <laughs> sleepy. Yes, I. <laughs> yes, we'll get on to that in a minute. Yes. <laughs> um, is that um, what, um, Holmes has retired to Sussex to be a beekeeper you know um and so in the final series of the Granada Sherlock Holmes they filmed a scene with Brett keeping bees and mm. Watson calling to him and it's like and visiting him and then they go over the cases so that's how the series and indeed his final bow begins mm. um prosthetics too bad so it didn't go out um but i believe it is on the box the newest box set and i'd love to see there are photographs of him and Hardwick, mm. where they're all mm. in the age makeup. But it's got that uh, episode 14 of Secret Army Series 3 about it. I
1: um, love Secret Army Series 3, episode 14. So do I. So, do I. Well, so hmm. do I. I love how it completely contradicts Kessler. I love how it does that. The only problem I've got with it is, of course, that they're saying uh, uh, for the uh, anniversary of uh, the liberation of Belgium, we are coming live from the Candide ca- uh, Café. From and... Candida Café. Yeah, but they've they've apparently they've got these massive AMI studio cameras in there. Mm. Yes. No, I, I love quite... how the
0: final episode of Alo Alo mm. paid homage to What Did You Do in the War? Series 3, episode 14 is called What Did You Do in the War, Daddy? In case you wonder what we're on about. Um have you seen the final episode of Allo
1: I have. Where, where they go back Lib- to the cafe
0: yeah. and he's pushing her in the wheelchair
1: and all that. Yes. He's
0: still having the
1: affair. Yes. Oh, <sighs> you know I, what I mean? Yeah, I love it. And I love the fact that they've, they're paying homage to something that was never even transmitted. Which never That's even one. transmitted
0: and which they ripped off mercilessly yes absolutely when you watch it it's just wonderful so mm. tired yes why am you I tired you are tired aren't you sleepy I, I, why is I, that I, I'm, Michael I'm not even here no. I am I am literally circling the airport I oh, was mm. circling Shannon airport as the uh, originators of that saying said when because mm. uh, you know where that comes from that that, that uh, saying oh uh, he's circling Shannon airport oh no, no. do you not know that no. so so um, in common parlance as circling the airport when someone's a bit, you know, oh, yeah, he's uh, he's circling the airport. It was when, um, who was the fella? Who was after Gorbachev? Who was the big pisshead? Oh, Yeltsin. Thank you. Yeah. Yeltsin came for a state visit to Ireland, and he was so shit-faced. And the TV cameras there and the big band and everything to welcome him, they had to keep circling Shannon Airport to sober oh. him up. Wonderful. So, what a great saying. Oh, yeah, he's uh, he says it in Father Ted, doesn't he? Oh, uh, he's uh, he's circling the airport, yes, <laughs> which I think oh, is just such a great phrase. Why am I circling the airport? Because Why I'm are you? doing an extended water fast, yes,
1: yes, kiddies, you too can feel insane. <laughs> so, um. Yeah. No, I, you know, I mean, fair play to you, but this is a rather ridiculously Catholic thing to do, isn't I it? I disagree. Do you? Yes, I do.
0: I don't Why? think that uh, Jesus's forty days and forty nights in the desert, where he was tempted three times by Satan, in 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 in, in any way, um, has uh, has any influence on my psychology, or indeed has entered my head once. Uh,
1: oh, I'm sure it hasn't. Absolutely not. Oh,
0: no, not at all. Not when I was sat on the rock earlier in my robes. <laughs> Um, How's it going? How's the fast? It's going? actually going really well. I right. have to say, it's it's. I had a bit of a a rough patch last night, mm. uh, and I decided to put a tweet out, what I refer to as an accountability tweet, right? Um, just saying, you know, I'm struggling, <laughs> just yeah. so just so I don't give up. Yeah. <coughs> I should. Have what are you some hoping to gain from,
1: from this? Dry.
0: Can I? i I'm, I'm hoping to lose from it. Okay, because <clears throat> roughly you lose about a pound a day, so I'm hoping to lose twenty eight pounds, which is two stones. Mm. And you 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 won't do this through normal dieting because because I'm an impatient man, and I, and I love the mental clarity that fasting brings. Uh, okay, I see. It really does give you, you know, a great it it, it it rewards you. Nature right. rewards
1: you with feel-good chemicals. Okay, now that's that's fair enough, and and if it's working, yeah, it appears to be. That's wonderful. Guess what I did earlier? Go on, then. I would roast lamb. Whoa.
0: Oh yes, I bet. Oh, you. that
1: was nice. Oh no,
0: I, I don't mean that. Uh, Honestly, yeah. I'm not hungry today. I'm I'm all right today. That's amazing. So why is that? How how can you not be hungry? Um, because your body starts to so. You know I've got so start of the year five stone to lose right mm. okay five stone thereabouts um, so if you've got five stone of fat on you mm. you've got effectively about six dozen Mars bars strapped to your gut haven't you right okay so we are all aware of the concept of storing fat you eat mm. too much your blood sugar spikes produces insulin that hormonal response tells your body hey we've got too much here stick some in the larder literally yes. the larder yeah uh, and not the state car that yeltsin would have arrived in mm-hmm. um so what i've done by fasting is the body has gone into panic mode for three days and then it's decided to start burning off its fat reserves. So when Mm. I say I'm not hungry, my body has got 70 pounds worth of fat to draw upon for nourishment, for fuel. So why would it go hungry? But it did yesterday. Why did it then? I wasn't hungry. I was in pain. It makes you
1: suffer. (laughs) See, this is the Catholic bit, isn't it? This is where it really kicks in. No, I must suffer. Is a certain there... frisson of
0: enjoyment from it.
1: With the her shirt on, dear. Yeah, no, yes, I mean, yes, yes. See, I mean, me as the as a filthy proddy, I mean, yeah. I, I, I kind of admire this whilst also going, no. Absolutely well, of course. not. Most but, people
0: uh, admire this whilst going, no. If yeah. you read the comments on the internet, they range from you're insane mm. to... Um, What's what's one I had? Let me think. A supportive one. You're a machine. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. We're all
0: jolly impressed down here. I can tell you. <laughs>
1: um,
0: you know. So, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm actually enjoying it. To be quite honest with you. And how long aside, are you
1: gonna do? How long are you
0: gonna? I do? I want to do 28 days okay i want to do the whole of february i've i've tried this many years four years now uh mm. three i don't know i'm fasting mm. i can't think um i've tried this for quite a few years now and the most Rise. i've ever done is 16 days we're well, yes. halfway nearly i'm halfway nearly you're and since nearly i began down. um i've lost nearly two stone it's been a pound a day day yeah. 12 i've lost about 13 pounds or so that's not bad,
1: not bad That's at all, not bad. dear. Not bad
0: at all. Not That's bad very at all. Very um, but yes, yes, I know. I do know. I know it's. Ju- I know it's nonsense. No, and, no, and no, And lay people such as yourself don't understand it. No. Um, no and there's no, no dust to lick. Yes, yeah, so we know. should talk
1: about the dust licking, shouldn't we? Because somebody on uh, on the Twitter uh, ran on a, uh, a poll for. I us couldn't tonight. find that poll. Couldn't you? I will find the poll now for you. Right, thank um, you. Somebody on Twitter... As as regular listeners will recall, um, last week, um, my colleague there uh, talked about how he enjoyed um, licking dust. I mean, I will
0: qualify that. That was an experiment. Yes. To see why, no matter how many times I licked the dust, it dried back to dust. Mm. If, you, if you lick away a piece of dust, you would confidently expect... Once the lick dried out, for there yeah. to be a patch where the dust once was, you would,
1: but it wasn't. It dried back as dust. Right, but why would you think I must experiment here by licking it? I don't. That's know. the bit I can't. Quite I was get. a
0: child. Yeah. It's like you know, it was it was a mad building. It was a building filled with mystery and romance.
1: <laughs> well, yes, and dust and which dust needed eating. Um, yes. But, uh, Yes, but um, no, so there was... Uh, I can't bloody find it now, of course. Um, ah. There was uh, a poll that was run on, on Twitter um, to ask uh, people if they'd um, ever licked dust as right. a child um, by our by our loyal listener, Mr. At LN Raider. Yes. Um, and I will find it. He's called it that because here. he likes American football, you know. Mm. Oh, dear. Tread carefully, dear. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you're allowed to watch this anymore.
0: Well I I well I've thought this for weeks. London Raider is apparently a a a, a
1: team of American footballists. Oh, I thought it was a reference to a television program maybe uh, about the war. No, 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 no. no, that would be good. That
0: would be very good. <clears throat> I I uh, London Raiders David Lodge. Yeah. Right. So we're we're in wartime. Yes. David Lodge. Would be the leader, obviously, yes. The Cockleshell hero himself, right? Um, maybe,
1: maybe Sydney Taffler. Hmm. Would he be one of the London Raiders? I think he probably would be. Yeah. So, I'm picturing a boyish Fraser Hines as well. Ah, plucky, yeah, yeah <clears throat> something like that. I found it. Here we are. Um, the right. the question. So, chaps of the world, the question is. Did you lick random dust as a boy? And the options were, yes, I grew up oop north. um, (laughs) Or no, southerner, space dust. Um, Ah, brilliant. And you know what? I'm looking at it and there's 21 hours to go and it's perfectly balanced, 50-50. I shall go and investigate that which shocks me I'm going to retweet it right now so you can find it there we go and we'll see if anybody else uh, can find that so it would appear that currently half the people there have licked dust and support you fully yeah it's an interesting
0: one that like I say they came out of a locomotive shed so they were probably coated in something which is at this moment in time eating its way through me quite possibly some kind of uh, (laughs) asbestos. yes yes (laughs) something like that yes Um, um but yeah so fasting sorry nice thing it's a very nice thing your boat,
1: dear. That's, that's it's a very
0: nice far. thing and and also what's an even nicer thing is that i went to the hospital yesterday and was discharged my you collarbone were. this great big bloody lump that i now have here but apparently mm. they're happy with it and i don't care they're not going to cut me up i'm happy about that that's um, good. <clears throat> so i can continue to lift weights and do
1: yoga so you don't like any of that, do you? I don't like any of that. I disapprove of all of it, frankly. I don't. Yes. I don't know what you're doing, but, but uh, as I say, whatever turns you on, dear, you know, whatever you flicks your switch, kid. Abs- <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. That's absolutely fine. Yes.
0: So, mm. enough about me. Yes. Because, as far as I know, yeah. yes. Carmichael Akers... Has had an influx today yeah. of nice things, lovely things.
1: Yeah, it's um, I I had almost a Hilda Ogden moment um earlier on in the nicest possible way. Um, I've I've been given um this this wonderful. Just got it here. Now here's a box that you will like. Ah, oh, a box of delights, eh? Oh yes. Here we are. This is a proper shortbread box, isn't it? Look at that. Tartan shortbread. Ah, right. is it? Is it an old tin? It's a very old no tin. No
0: barcode?
1: <laughs> no barcode. Absolutely no barcode. No, this was made uh, in Great Britain by Crawford's Liverpool. Ah, Crawford's. Right, are. then, before the yes. McVitie's buyout. Yes. So, um... What I was given, because my mother's moving house at the moment, uh, and she said, I've got all this stuff. Do you want it or shall I throw it out? And yeah. well, it depends what it is. But, but I didn't say that. I just said, yes, of course, course I do. That's t- um, that.
0: Just that, throwing it out is just like terrifying.
1: Well, no, no, you absolutely can't. And what it is, uh, going through it, um, is a collection of driving licences and ration books oh, and man. all sorts of things um, that belonged to my Wonderful late grandfather. Um, wonderful. As if you chuck that. I know. Very odd lady. Um, including, um, and this is something that I mentioned on, uh, on the Gooncast, when they were asking about when we first uh, um, became aware of these sort of things. And I mentioned that my sense of humour seems to be inherited from my grandmother, Elsie, who yeah. I never met, um, who uh, died the year before I was born. And I've never had any contact of any sort with her and the first thing that I discovered when I opened this was here we have her death certificate wow which I can't believe that could possibly have gone um so yeah when was she born is her birthday on it it is she was born the year after him she was born on the 28th of July 1913 God, um dear. my granddad was born on the 5th of November 1912 so naturally growing up, I, I assumed that whenever we got to the fifth of November and there were fireworks going off, I thought that the whole country was celebrating his birth. Um, before I had any idea of uh, Guy Fawkes or anything like that. But the reason that uh, this is so so wonderful, I mean, there's so much stuff that you'll love here. Um, there's is, uh,
0: this, there's this... is this. So this is you. Sorry to interrupt. This is your mm. mum's mum and dad. My, uh, my mum's mum and dad. Yeah. So um, if he was born in on. 1912, cause I always thought my grandparents were all being 1908. <clears throat> and they're not too far behind, so they must have been had your mum quite later on, maybe, and then she had yeah. you quite late. I don't know.
1: Um, they they got married in 1943, hmm. which which I now know because I've managed to get hold of a of a wedding photograph. Oh, Here look at that! Look at that! There's a proper wedding photo Dashing, right there. Chap absolutely so we got I got hold of that Um, and yeah various other bits and pieces address books and all sorts of things which which he kept Um, and what was this one? This was oh, I I liked this. I'm trying to this. see over the screen into the box. I've noticed. Uh, I will have to maybe. Um, <laughs> I there are so many things here. There's even here's here's the uh, demand for the rates from the year 1968, <laughs> 69. You know, for for his water yes. and stuff like that. Kept everything like that. Which yeah, I've, I've got really a box of similar stuff. It's a joy. It's such a joy. But the thing that got me and my my Hilda Ogden moment, dear, was with this. Envelope, ah, the the, um, the brown envelope for the says, for the
0: listeners. That's what you get given at the hospital when people have died.
1: Yeah, patient's property. Yeah, patient's property. Um, and within there, here we have the glasses. Yeah, and the glasses. Um, which oh, in April nineteen ninety two. Um, there he is, he is. There he is. There he is now. Word six hours before he died um and and he was very weak at the time and he just managed to go get them off for me and so i took these off him and i folded them up and i put them next to him and that's the first time i've had any contact with these in 30 years so um a very yeah very really rather special uh, collection of nice things or something and there's so many things here i mean just so so much stuff uh, my favorite thing apart from the glasses i have to admit is this now then this uh, for the, for the ladies and gentlemen uh, listening on audio what i've got is a very 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 small little leather pouch but when you open the leather pouch what you get is something rather special because he was in the fire service during the war um, after he was invalided out. Um, and in here is what he used to carry in his breast pocket, which is his tiny camera, oh, which he would wow. carry into uh, buildings that had burned down and he would take photographs for evidence. Um, and in in the collection of photos down there, what I've got is a picture of what's now famously known as the bombed-out church in wow. Liverpool. Because when that was bombed out, he was the lead fireman who went in there and extinguished the flames and was in charge wow. of that. Wow, and wow, there is a photograph of the inside of the <clears throat> church, freshly scorched, taken on this very no little No And the most amazing thing is I look through it and I can see through it perfectly. The mechanism still works here. I wonder, it's, I, it's very unlikely you can get the film for it though,
0: eh? Well, I mean, can you imagine
1: if you could? I think I need to find somebody and I need to uh, see, speak to somebody who knows about these things and, uh, yeah, see if it's possible. God, and the only other thing I mean, uh, of, of, note, boggles. of note particularly here is that when I was eight, he paid £24.95 for me to get the VHS of Doctor Who and the Revenge of the Cybermen, um, which featured uh, a cybermat scurrying around. Um, and then he pointed out that he had a cybermat. Well, who have you um and he didn't of course what he had was uh, this little thing here which uh, when you take the back off and then you slide it in if I can do that just like so then the bristles stand up ah around his clothes brush, which uh, he then held like that and told me that was basically a prototype Cybermask. And I totally believed him. believed every word that
0: I I think said. your grandfather was a spy with his uh, with his James Bond-type comb and his With his camera and his camera. comb, ah, I think yes. something
1: was going you, was that on. Was there a but... pair
0: of shoes with a knife in the
1: peel? Oh, there would have been... Have been also... Well, I'll tell you what <laughs> there was. I will tell you what there was. My grandfather uh, was... Um, part of the family is of Irish descent. And... When he died, and we were clearing out the house, uh, we went up into the loft, very small loft, in one of those tall, sort of like tiny, two up, two down um, Liverpool uh, houses. And up in the loft, we found um, an Irish flag, of the Republic of Ireland oh, flag, mm-hmm. folded up. Interesting. Placed on top of a single bed in the loft that had been made At some point in the past, perfectly made as though it was awaiting a visitor. That's all I can tell you about that. I know nothing else other than that. Um, A a, a remarkable man who lived a very full life. Um, And and to to get these things back, these wonderful little pieces of ephemera, um, uh, just... It's wonderful, isn't it, when you and I've not had really anything of his, um, which I could say was uh, really connected uh, me to him um, until right now. There have to
0: be cufflinks
1: in that box. Oh, there are. There's a whole box of cufflinks. Yeah, there's always cufflinks. There's these Ah. wonderful medals uh, because he was uh, after he left the fire brigade, he became uh, a bus driver, and this is for and you've got a different sort of little. uh, badge that would attach to the medal. Ah. Uh, and so here we've got 1951, ah, 52, sure I 53. thought it was for service to the boys, you know. Oh, it's not no. one of
0: those medals then.
1: No, it's not one of those. So I've got all of its long service medals. Isn't that lovely? Just to suddenly be yes, handed it is. all of these. You know, that's... Uh, so it's been It's been a strangely... Strangely emotional day. Even down to the... You'll probably remember these. The, the old green... Um, this is for the poll tax. Ah... That's his poll tax payment book. Um, to get these things is such <laughs> a wonderful. God, it's special, isn't it? It's, 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 it's
0: very, very special. I have so to say, special. I occasionally take a stroll through the box of similar stuff in the in the loft that's in a Peak Freen's uh, biscuit tin, mm. which has got like a lovely sort of. Um, you know clipper ship on it and all that mm. and um yeah ration books are in the lots of uh, membership little tiny membership books for clubs like the haydock catholic club the social club the working men's club all that mm. even one for the conservative club uh but they had nice snooker tables um his razor because of the patient's property bag i've mm. got his razor his rosary beads his glasses I've got endless... I've got letters to MPs that he was a prolific letter writer to MPs. Wonderful. Old Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um... (coughs) An interesting man, an interesting man, but the sucker punch, and I I don't mean to sort of, you know, take you back to a place, but, you know, the glasses must have been
1: the one for you. It was. um, The moment that I I was past the envelope, not told what it was, yeah. You open the envelope and think, what's this? Out they come. And suddenly I'm back there um, in 1992, um, just at that precise moment uh, once yeah. again. Um, you know, uh, watching Drop the Dead Donkey, a repeat of an episode, as I recall, with uh, where the, the photocopier stops working. And during the commercial break, uh, the Royal Liverpool Hospital phoned to say, wow. um, to say what had happened. Um right back there. Right at that moment. Um but of course this is the man who knowing he wouldn't be there for my birthday, nevertheless managed to get himself wheeled to a payphone in the hospital, phone up W. H. Smith's on Arletham Road and pay for the tomb of the Cybermen that was being released on VHS on my birthday. So he'd been gone. You'd been gone about a week at that point, and I get the phone call to tell me that uh, the, the present from Mr Rathbone was there for me uh, for my birthday. Um, to have done that, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that I, if I'd been told that I've got days left, I would like to think... That i would be able to make a gesture like that but i'm i'm not convinced I don't these people were made of iron the they these were
0: people were they they, they they don't make people like this anymore i know it's a cliche no. <clears throat> i'm sorry i me my throat i've not got any water in here um it's okay they don't make them like that anymore no you know and, and you can imagine that it, <clears throat> an aspect well actually the prime directive of why he was doing that was his inbuilt sense of proprietary morality mm. and responsibility yes. to to his grandson. It's like, no, of course I'm... Yeah. Fucking hell, man.
1: Absolutely. It's amazing, <clears throat> isn't it? And this was a man who, yeah, like many from that time, he wouldn't tell, uh, really talk about the war that much. It was just, you know, he didn't like to talk about it. But this is someone who uh, wandered in with his camera to take some evidence. <sighs> That's um, just and- brilliant. Isn't it wonderful? Uh, wandered into a house when he was uh, stationed up in Glasgow um, to take some evidence, and this house had been firebombed. One of the firebombs had taken this house out. And he went into the living room um, that was just scorched completely, and there was an elderly couple just sat in their chairs by the fire. and it was bloody weird. And he went over, and he put his hand on the old man's shoulder, and he crumpled to dust. He'd been basically turned to carbon. That's the sort of thing that these people saw, and uh, good fuck! God, how would we cope with that now, with our with our Netflix and all that sort of stuff? I don't know. Well, would we? that
0: may trigger us, dear.
1: Ooh, seeing yes. seeing a chap turn to dust like that, Ooh, uh, so my dust phobia would come out.
0: Well, yes, yes, yes. you'd probably lick it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if if these maniacs. Currently running, our governments get uh, their way. Then you may get a chance to see someone vaporized. We may. Well, I wish they'd stop all that. I'm happy. Yes, do that. uh, A thermonuclear war would rather put a crimp in my week. I have to say. Well, yes, I've seen threads. No, thank you. I think they need to have a special... I think, you know, these bloody... Instead of projecting pictures of Gail Porter onto the onto the House of Commons... That was only yes. 25 years ago, for God's sakes, man!
1: <laughs> you know, I'm
0: current. Um, instead of doing that, why don't they project threads?
1: Oh, yes. They'd Get stop some all of this, this down, nonsense yeah. straight away. Have a watch of this. Do you fancy that in Sheffield? No. No. Absolutely not.
0: Mind you, a lot of people would go, Sheffield... Meh
1: wouldn't they? Yeah, that, that's true. These like days. That old, like that old joke, a thermonuclear device has gone off in Sheffield and caused £20 of damage. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I went to Sheffield once. It was shut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we'll be appearing at the Bradford Alhambra for the remainder of the month,
1: until the
0: bombs drop. Yes. Um, so... Um, any nice things ordered for this week? I've, I, I must say, spring is 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 reinvigorating me and making me think about nice things uh, mm. and buying them. What I'd love to do is to buy some of those early Doctor Who annuals. However, the reckoning is considerable, as Shock I said to it certainly uh, uh, is, Second yeah.
1: Doctor. You know, you've- You've got to have uh, deep pockets for those, I'm afraid. Um, yes, yeah,
0: so we won't be buying them, but we should. No, we I, should. We should get that 1971 annual sorted as
1: we can. I think so, absolutely. That we should, something do should that. be done there. But we should. Uh, no, do you know what? This week, no nice things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be uh, perusing this wonderful collection. Um, yes. rather a lot, and and seeing what's here because you know, uh, good God, I mean, uh, national insurance card from 191942. Um, there's,
0: there's
1: a lot. 1942. Would been then 39. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot here for me to unpack over the week, so I think I should be I should be looking at these, at these wonderful. Oh, there's, God, there's just so many many things here that I, I've been given. Just ah, here we are. This is this is my, this is the one. This is uh, here he is. In his uh, fire fireman's ah, uniform, splendid fellow. National Fire Service in World War Two. There you go. Look at that. Wow, wonderful. Absolutely chiseled. wonderful. Yes, oh, he was. Looking he was very a chiseled chap. He's the chap who. Um, being of the Rathbone family, on VE Day, um, was encountered by the uh, the famous Eleanor Rathbone MP, um, who went over and said, like, I'm sure I know your face, I'm sure I know your <laughs> name. What's your name? What's your name? Um, and he said, well, it's James Rathbone. And Eleanor's mind went, shit, he might want the family money. And she was off like a fucking greyhound. Never saw her again. So what, so... did he come down the wrong side of the blanket? He did, he did. It, from my from my little uh, investigations it would appear that there was there was an incident a uh, little upstairs downstairs incident um Generally in the was. big house. Um possibly with a chap whose name was William Gale Rathbone, G A I R So how did he manage to keep the surname then? Well, the thing that we what what seems to have happened is my great on, my great great grandmother appears to have been a plucky sword. Um, and she her family name was Winter, um, from the uh, from the Beverly Winters, um, in Yorkshire. Um, and it would appear that in order to ensure that this baby, um, could have some sort of an upbringing, she registered she had the birth registered by a man who she then married. Um, but it would appear. That she made sure that the family name of name of Rathbone was on this baby's birth certificate, right? But I don't know the details. And the most irritating thing here is there was an awful lot of family documentation, which was kept in a church on Ullet Road in Liverpool, um, which is where they kept a lot of records. The Unitarian. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, it was uh, there was fire damage uh, to it during World War Two, and the records went poof. Presumably there might be copies elsewhere, but I don't know. But no. um, it's it's a mystery to investigate as to how the family name was based. If no, we're having that. Well, yes. If you've taken that off me, we're having the name, thank <coughs> you. Well, on that literal bombshell. Yes. Yes. I, I think uh,
0: I think that's a, a nicely poignant note to end this week's chat on. What I say think, you. Yes. Yes, I think so. Absolutely. Well,
1: too old, Mister Rathbone. What a, what a solid old stick he looks to have been. Oh, he yeah, absolutely the best, best of British, like like so many of them were. God love 'em. What was his full name again? James Henry Rathbone. Or well, Jimmy, or Jimmy Hen, as he was known, having served up in Glasgow. They shortened it Jimmy Hen. Ah, well,
0: Jimmy Hen, whatever you are, mm.
1: your grandson will be
0: enjoying. Well. What is it? A life, a life, a, whole a life. life in a in a box, really.
1: I will be enjoying the years is 1912 again. to 1992. I'm going to have a look now. Don't worry. So yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that rounds that up. So until the next
0: time, uh, we hope you've enjoyed the show, and we hope you have a lovely week. And I I always say this the wrong way round. And so until the next time. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> bye bye.